Hey friends, this is Pastor Elizabeth, and you're listening to the Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear the last sermon in our series called Committed to Faith, in which we consider what it means to be a witness to our faith in both action and words. I hope that while you're listening, you might hear something that draws you closer to the heart of God. Here we go. For many years, when clergy joined the Pacific Northwest Conference, our regional body of the United Methodist Church, whether joining by ordination or by transfer from another area, we were put into cohorts of a three-year orientation program. And this orientation program involved meeting uh, for retreats a couple of times a year to get to know each other and build relationships and to learn about things that ran the gamut from like clergy taxes to spiritual practices. And then in the third year, we went on some kind of trip, a mission-related trip, generally to another culture, something immersive in which we could explore issues of compassion and justice. And the year I went through this, uh, we went to the Arizona-Mexico border and met with different organizations who were working to help stop undocumented immigrants from dying, trying to cross the desert there, which was an eye-opening and life-changing experience. But cohorts prior to mine got to go to the Philippines. And I would have been jealous of those experiences, except that my colleagues from those trips all told stories about being expected to preach on a moment's notice. They would be in a gathering, and someone would say, give us a sermon, and voila, they were expected to have one at the ready. And I don't know about you, but just thinking about this gives me a great deal of anxiety. I don't know if you've noticed, but I write down every single word that I say on Sunday mornings, from greetings in the name of Christ, my name is Elizabeth, that's written down all the way to, may the blessing of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go with you and remain with you always. Amen. It's written every week. I do not memorize sermons. I cannot remember sermons. I can barely remember the theme of something that I preached on a month or even a week ago, much less all the points I wanted to make or the examples that I found best supported those ideas. I have no idea how people can keep a full sermon in their heads, ready to launch it at any time. Or how one can just create a sermon on the spot, a process that generally takes me several hours. But that is precisely what these colleagues learned to do. And that appears to be what we are encouraged, challenged, or even commanded to do in 2 Timothy 4, which Ted read for us a few minutes ago. Here Paul writes to Timothy, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. Similarly, 1 Peter 3 says, always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an account of the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and reverence. And in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. 
And when I read all these together, it makes me think that perhaps we should all have a sermon at the ready. That perhaps that is the call of the gospel. In other times, we might have called this witnessing, telling others about our faith, being ready to defend the faith, to invite others to it, to share the meaning and content of the gospel, or at least what is going on with God in our lives, either directly or through a community like the church. Still, in other traditions, preachers will ask during a sermon, can I get a witness? Meaning, can you affirm what I am saying, and will you do so aloud with words? There's an old black spiritual, too, that goes, who be a witness for my Lord? Do you know this one? Who be a witness for my Lord? And what it means is, is there's somebody here who will stand up and give testimony to be a witness, to testify to the truth of their faith. But in mainline congregations like ours, witnessing has fallen out of favor, probably for a couple of reasons. One is that many of us began at some point to believe that talking about religion was impolite or rude. Our faith became more and more private over the decades until it was something just between us and God and nobody else. And at the same time, for those of us who consider ourselves progressive or inclusive, as our communities became more multicultural and international and interreligious, we started to worry about saying anything that would disrespect or offend someone from a different tradition. So we stopped saying anything at all. Then our experience with some more evangelical or Pentecostal traditions may have made us think that the purpose of witnessing or giving testimony was always for conversion, as it is for some Christians. Many people are taught to share their faith in a way that will make others stop whatever they're doing and pledge allegiance to Jesus as the only way to avoid damnation and spend eternity in paradise. But for some of us, the idea of witness as coercion feels antithetical to who we think God wants us to be in community. And as a response to that, we've stopped using words to witness at all and have hoped that our service might do the work for us. In other words, we hope that walking the walk can take the place of talking the talk, that we can, as the quote often attributed to Mother Teresa says, preach the gospel and only use words if necessary. But our focus on walking the walk, which is, of course, important, has caused us to lose the language of witness. We've largely forgotten how to talk about our faith. And yet we're clearly called in Scripture to testify to God's power and presence in our lives, to tell others about what God is doing, how God is transforming us, where our hope comes from, how we've come to know God in community, whether or not it results in others joining that same community or finding that same source of hope. It may not be easy, and it may not even be well-received, but we're called to share our faith anyway, to witness with words. 
and not just genetic or vaguely spiritual words, but words about God. Now, I confess that growing up in the Bible Belt, most of my friends in the Baptist youth group had been taught very clear lessons on both testimony and apologetics, lessons I did not get in the United Methodist Church. They practiced uh, not only talking about their faith, but also defending it against any criticism or question. It was almost like debate team, only the subject was one's personal relationship with Jesus and its capacity to change everything for the better. I myself was comfortable talking about Jesus and did so rather frequently, as you might imagine, though I preferred to talk more about the content of Scripture and what I had learned through spiritual practice than to try to convince someone else to turn their lives around or to tell them that they were wrong because they doubted the truth of what I believed. And part of my hesitancy may have come from the fact that I had no dramatic conversion story myself. So I wasn't really sure how to invite someone else to turn their lives around. Most of the testimonies I had heard were about how someone was headed down the wrong path to a dark place. And then they found Jesus, and now they're saving the world and keeping kids off the streets. But I had nothing of the sort. I just really liked church from the very beginning and had always loved Jesus and believed in Jesus and wanted to make him happy by doing what he wanted me to do. So my testimony was really boring compared to other people's. And I thought that must mean it wasn't very good. But later, I realized the call to witness isn't all about impressing someone with a dramatic conversion, but sharing honestly about your life. What's going on? What role God is playing? What kinds of spiritual practices are meaningful to you right now, and why? How your faith is growing, or whether it feels stagnant. Perhaps you've had an experience that helps you know something about God, even if there was no clear, booming voice from heaven. That's the stuff of witness, of testimony. Maybe you read a passage of Scripture in your Formation Hour group, and you can't stop thinking about it. Maybe you're struggling uh, about whether to leave the tradition of your family behind and become a member of this church. Even though you love it here and you've gotten involved, it just doesn't feel that simple. Maybe you're not sure whether to make faith a priority in your life when the rest of your family refuses to come along. But you sense God reaching out to you in powerful ways. Maybe your faith is all that's gotten you through the last few years and you're not sure why you believe so strongly. Or maybe you're full of doubt right now, but you want to believe. These are all the things God calls us to tell this is the language we're called to resurrect, sharing not only the example of our actions in the world, which I think this church actually does really well, but also our words about faith, our words about God. And maybe for you, that means standing up in front of the congregation today and telling the church that you're committed and hearing the same congregation promise to support you on your walk of faith. Maybe it means lingering during snack time 
and getting into a deeper conversation with someone that intrigues you, sharing about your own spiritual journey and creating safe space for them to share as well. I know that sounds scary because sharing something personal always requires vulnerability. But if we're all doing it together and we're committed to being hospitable to each other's stories, I can't actually imagine a safer space in which to share. Or maybe you feel the tug to share something about your faith journey with someone who doesn't go to this church or who doesn't go to church at all. Maybe you even feel called to share with someone from a different faith. Or perhaps you're ready to invite someone to worship with you, whether that's in person or online, so that they can experience the faith community you experience and you can talk about it afterward whether at the coffee shop down the road or on the phone across the miles. The statistics on this that I could find are a little dated. And perhaps our community isn't quite as open as the national average. But in 2008, Tom Rayner and his research team conducted a survey of Americans who say they don't have a church, don't go to church, or aren't really interested in church. And in that survey, among those people, eight out of 10 said that if a friend invited them to go to church, they'd be willing to give it a try. But only 2% of American churchgoers have issued an invitation in the last year. Now, even if our area is much less receptive to an invitation than the national average, that's still a high percentage of the people we invite who would be willing to come to worship. But if only 2% of us make an invitation to this year, we're not sharing this part of our faith at all. So I like to imagine, what if everyone here in worship today committed to inviting just one person to come to worship with you in the next three months? That'd be more than 100 invitations, all told. And maybe half of those folks would come and try it out. If their experience was anything like yours, they might feel a love and a hospitality and a belonging that makes a difference in their lives. They might begin to know how beloved they are and start to live in a new way. They might get involved in this community and grow in their faith, all because you were willing to take the chance and invite them to come with you. And then they might invite someone else. And the chain would just keep growing. And I know it can feel scary to talk about your faith if you haven't done it before, or to invite someone if there's a real chance that they might say no. But the very act of witnessing, of sharing our faith, draws us closer to each other in community and closer to God. It helps the church to know what God is calling us to do and not do, what we're called to be and not be. It helps us to know how God is working in the mundane parts of our everyday lives. Witnessing to our faith, putting words about God in our conversations and our spiritual practices helps each of us to grow. And it makes all of us teachers and inspirational speakers as we learn from each other.
So I invite you now to take out your commitment cards for today or to click on the link in the description of the video if you're online. And make some kind of commitment to witnessing, to sharing your faith, not only in your actions, but with your words. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Faith Church Podcast. If what you heard was meaningful to you, please share this podcast with a friend. If you have any questions, or if we can support you on your spiritual journey in some way, don't hesitate to reach out through our website at www.faithunited.org. Tune in next week as we begin approaching the end of my time as lead pastor at Faith Church with a return to one of the first stories I preached on eight years ago when Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. We'll explore together what this story has to say to us in a time of transition. Until then, take care.